everyone, and welcome to episode 107 of the Retrospectors podcast, Luigi's Mansion. My name is Patrick Arthur, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, James Turlings. James, we're doing a scary, spooky game again. I don't think we've Ooh. done a game that's truly scary for quite some time. I mean, Gabriel yeah. Knight had its scary moments, but uh, we haven't done a horror game in a long time. Is, is, this, is this a horror game? Is this a... Is this a survival uh, horror game, James? Yes, this is clearly uh, Resident Evil 1's uh, spiritual successor. I was quaking in my boots, teeth chattering throughout the, you know, windy hallways and frosty it's windows. It's in a mansion, right? Like, what more do yeah, you need? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, this is more of a horror-themed game, I think we'll find. Um, but Luigi's Mansion was a game that I'd always wanted to do for the show. I never got to play it as a kid, and I always, 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 when it was at the shops, you know, at the time of release, I would play on the display stand one and try to get very far when failing. So, yeah, kind of slaying that nostalgic memory that I've always wanted to. So it was very good to get this one out of the way. I'm kind of surprised because I know you've played a lot of the GameCube games, and this was a GameCube launch title. I just assumed that you had played one of these games before. I never owned a GameCube. I've only really played them for the show, actually. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Here's me, here's me assuming you're a Nintendo <laughs> fanboy. You're more of a Wii guy, right? A Wii guy? I didn't really like the console, honestly. PS2 was the one I played the most, I think, by, like, a lot. And PS2 and the Nintendo 64 were the consoles I played the most. Right, okay. Yeah, see... And as uh, as has been well documented, I'm not a console pleb. Uh, certainly never owned a GameCube, but... Over the years, we have found, James, that there are many special GameCube-exclusive titles, and I feel like that that console has been undervalued for all the bangers that we've played from it so far. Uh, absolutely. I, a lot of them I just didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did, but I think uh, out of all of the consoles, it's got the best track record on this show for sure. Mm. So we're going to be finding out if Luigi's Mansion is a classic that stood the test of time. And that's what we do each and every three weeks on the Retrospectors podcast. We play these classics or cult classics of the past with the intention of finding out if those games are true classics, if they've stood the test of time and are worth playing today, or if they were simply enjoyable in the time in which they were released. This is not a nostalgia podcast. We're not here to reflect on our wonderful memories of these old games. And we're not even here to understand these games in the context in which they are produced. We simply want to know how good are they to play today and are they worth your time to play today in and amongst all the brilliant titles that get released. Um, thank God for the revolution of the indie scene that's popping up classics every single day, it seems like. Um, yes. If you enjoy what we do and you want to hear more, you can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It's got links to all 107 of our episodes, a bunch of articles James and I have written, as well as our Discord server. And if you want to really support the show, we also have a Buy Me A Coffee page if you want to drop us a monetary donation. So over the past three weeks, James and I have played Luigi's Mansion or Luigi's Mansion 1 because there have been a few of these games. It's an action-slash-adventure-slash-puzzle game, one of those keyword soups that doesn't really tell you anything about what the game is like and it was first released as i mentioned as a launch title for the nintendo gamecube back in 2001 so you take control of luigi as he explores a haunted mansion in an attempt to find his missing brother mario who disappeared after supposedly winning a free mansion in a contest you must capture various ghosts many of which require you to solve light puzzles in order to defeat them in order to progress through the different rooms in the mansion and eventually, hopefully, find and save Mario. So we'll get into the discussion in just a moment. Just want to say briefly that, as always, James and I played on the Dolphin emulator, the rock-solid, always-reliable Dolphin emulator that I've had zero issues with. Did you have any issues, James, or did everything work as intended? Everything worked as intended, as it always does. <laughs> I know, it's, it's amazing. In many ways, this is the best emulator we've ever played on, because just no matter what, everything just works perfectly, unlike the various other issues we've had with different emulators over the years. Yeah. So we played on Dolphin, and it worked fantastically. So, <coughs> so where I wanted to start with our discussion, James, is actually 
talking about the control scheme of the game and talking a bit about how this game actually functions because Luigi's Mansion is a bit of an odd game. Like it's not a normal game that's easy to throw into a category and it's not even obviously an amalgamation of genres. Um, Like it's half this and half this. It's something I've never really played anything quite like it. So I want to take a bit of time to explain how this game plays and then maybe dive into a critique of what works about it and why. Mm. So I would, I would kind of describe it as like tank controls light. General movement around the mansion with your left analog stick uh, works as any, you know, 3D action game would. You move your control left and your character walks to the left of the screen. Uh, the game has, mm, I wouldn't say fixed cameras. You have like a 45 degree angle view of the yeah. rooms uh, and uh, it does would... kind of pan left and right. Yeah, so I would say it's a fixed isometric perspective from about a 45 degree angle and it will always be fixed on luigi at the center of the screen as you scroll back and forth through larger rooms but when you reach the edge of the room it'll stop panning so you can kind of move to the side so it is a fixed camera angle you don't have any control over the camera camera yourself but it will pan with Luigi as you move through hallways and large areas. And I never had any issue with the camera whatsoever. It always had what I needed to see in view, like the it wasn't too zoomed in or zoomed out, I felt. Um, and most of the rooms are designed to be maybe like one to two camera widths long. One to one and a half. Like they're, they're yeah. fairly small. They're fairly small. Rooms. Yeah, so because of that design, I think the camera never gets in the way, um, which is great. Um, so you move around, you know, towards the screen, away from the screen, left and right by just moving the stick. Um, and then it kind of swaps to tank controls once you pull out your vacuum cleaner, your Poltergust 3000. Um, at which point, you know, Luigi still moves the same way with the left analog stick, but the direction he's facing becomes a bit like tank controls where you need the right analog stick to um, move his field of view left and right yeah so the critical thing with this is also that the turn rate is absurdly low that's very low that's what makes it feel tanky it's the fact that you can't freely swing around in any direction you're spinning you're spinning like a turret on a tank like you're you're moving left and right very slow so it forces you to whenever you're using your um, vacuum cleaner to make sure you're aiming in the right direction and it means that you can't easily uh change direction um without putting your vacuum cleaner away and the vacuum cleaner has takes time to actually get out so you can't just spin around freely and then whip out the vacuum cleaner instantly you do have to commit to some degree every single time you get it out it's also worth noting that there are you can aim up and down with the vacuum cleaner and in fact you need to aim up and down um james were these controls inverted for you because I this some this caused me serious issues. How up was down and down was up. Um, I when playing consoles, I have played both varieties so much that it doesn't take me too long to acclimatize either way. Um, I'm more used to pulling back on the stick to face up. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I kind of in my head the way I like to think about it is like the. If I, if the stick continued downwards past the controller, then that end was what's pointing up and down. Mm-hmm. If I think about it that way in my head, then it makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah, and until I finish. I realized afterwards that I could have just gone into the emulator settings and reversed just it. Just changed it. But yeah. maybe that wouldn't, you know, it would have made using the menus very confusing. So I don't know if that's an easy solution. But yeah, that was something that I found a bit tough uh, to come to terms with. Yeah, a lot of the the ghosts near the end of the game kind of require um, a fairly tight window where you need to pull out the the poltergust and suck them. Um, so I often found myself like leaving it holstered and then spinning around quickly to face them mm-hmm. at the right time and then trying to pull it out. You know, so there was a bit of a a bit of a learning curve. Like it wasn't a big learning curve or anything, but throughout the game you do get better at it. I guess this was my first question for you, James. Do you think that this control scheme was good for the game? Do you think it added to the experience, or do you think that if the game had a had a loose, not looser, but had a less tank-like control scheme where 
the player could more freely swing that vacuum cleaner at will, would that have been a better game than the one we eventually ended up with? I don't think so. I think that like, you know, the other games with sort of tank controls that we've played, that it makes sense in the setting. And I think generally, you know, the combat entirely consists of using the vacuum cleaner. So I think it does need a bit of, you know, clunkiness to it at first that you master over the course of the game for it to not be boring immediately. Like if there's a bit of play to it and you can get a bit better at it over the course of the game, I think that is a good thing. So I actually disagree with you, James. I really didn't like this control scheme. And I think part of it was that by the end of the game, I still didn't feel like I had a good hang of it. And I actually really struggled with the boss fight with all the booze, the, the, you know, the oh, lots of them with yeah. lots of them, because towards the end of that fight, there's like three or four, there's only three or four left. And you kind of have to, you have to bait out a charge them, then spin around and coat them in ice. And I did not have fun in that fight. And in I fact, think that boss fight, I, the same thing happened to me on the very last one. I think that the window on that one is a bit too tight. Um, yeah, I think is I'd more I see that more as a criticism of the boss itself though. Okay, in general, I would have preferred if, and I'll get more into this in the gameplay, but I would have preferred the, I guess the complexity and difficulty of the encounters you have with the ghosts be shifted more to the ghosts and the things that they are doing than yep. having to fight the control scheme. Um, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the tank controls of Resident Evil. You and I have sung the praises of those the tank controls in that game many times. In this game, there's a weird thing going on, particularly when you latch onto a ghost, where the pace of the gameplay seems a lot faster than the control scheme perhaps originally intended. A control scheme like this feels like it should be belong to like a far more deliberate, slower paced action style. I found that the speed at which you had to take actions in this game would have been more fun if it was a bit more free-flowing and easier to control. Yeah, that's probably fair too. Um, I found it to be fine mostly. I found some of the ghosts to have some really tight windows, which made them a bit less fun to us you know, latch on to, but I found it quite natural to control, honestly, so I didn't really think about it too much while I was playing the game, yeah. Yeah, see, for me, for me, it was, it was a struggle. I mean, struggle's the wrong word. I would say that I basically felt like I brute forced a lot of the (laughs) encounters. Um, Yeah. And maybe, like I said, if you, if you died in four hits in this game, if this was a more classic survival horror game where resources are limited, and mistakes are punishing, then it would have forced me to perhaps get better at mastering this control scheme, right? But a lot of the time I felt like I didn't have to because you barely get punished for taking damage in this game. Yeah. And I like I think I I did die once deliberately because I was kind of low health at a point uh a third of the way through the game. But that was the only time I died in the entire game. I never really felt threatened at any other point. So once again, I feel like this control scheme works best when it's in context of a survival horror game. I think transplanting it to a more casual and I would say more arcadey thing doesn't necessarily work as well as it could. Yeah, it's interesting. I was wondering if you were going to get into like what ha- the controls after you latch onto the ghost, because that was actually mm. what I was struggling with. So. Once you're sucked onto a ghost, um, it will try to run away, which will drag Luigi all around the room, and you need to like pull back on the stick in, in the opposite a, direction. In the opposite direction, um, in order to make this, there'll, there'll be a number on the ghost, and the number will start at like you know thirty, and as you you know suck in the right direction, the number will go down. Once it hits zero, you know the ghost gets sucked up completely, and you win. Um, I actually found it a bit unintuitive to work out like what direction to drag. It wasn't exactly always directly away from them, it felt like. Um, and I definitely got way better at it as we went on. But near the start, I was taking me like three or four latches to suck some of the ghosts, whereas near the end it was like two. Um, and then some of the optional that had like ridiculous health. 
maybe a lot still. <laughs> yeah, I um, was actually mostly fine with that. My only problem with that is that you have to, as you're trying to pull the ghost in the direction you want, uh, shit starts getting dropped on the floor, which can yeah, disrupt you, you right? Yeah. So pulling against the ghost and also simultaneously dodging what's on the ground, I found, I found like I couldn't really do it. And once yeah. again, I was forced into brute forcing my way through these encounters. It it didn't feel like I had a good grip on how to do it. And at no point was I like, yep, I've mastered this. It was simply, I have enough health to get through this encounter, taking three to four hits. Uh, yeah. Basically, and I guess I'm kind of moving towards gameplay a bit here, but basically I felt like all of this stuff, the the ghost encounters and the timing, it felt a bit awkward and mishmashy to me. Um, I think that the action-y bits were fine, and I think that the control scheme was fine, but I don't think they meshed together into a very into a very fun end game. I didn't really have fun capturing ghosts in this game, which is seems like madness to me because it's a it's seems to be a simple arcadey premise but it just never came together for me yeah i also felt like it was fine like i didn't hate it um but it didn't excite me when i did it very much um it felt to me like the process of capturing ghosts was more about the leader and then it felt like the bit at the end was kind of like whatever so maybe let's move on to talking about exploration but before we before we do though james I just want to say that this is this issue that I have. Um, I think it's mostly fine for, and I wouldn't say they're bad, but I think it's mostly fine for most of the regular fights you have against the ghosts. Because, you know, there are different ghost types and some, you know, you need to do something special with them. Um, like whether it's taking off a shy guy's mask or this one's throwing banana peels on the ground, whatever. But I think that it's a real issue with the booze. Because I think that the boos are just boring and you yep. have to do them over and over and over again. And often you need to move back and forth between the same room five to six times before you can catch some of these boos. Yeah, so with, so the way the game's structured, um, there'll be these named ghosts like the, the, the baby or the dad or the nurse. The billards or player, the weightlifter. The musician, yeah. And there'll be a ghost that looks like, you know, those people... Um, those characters will inhabit the mansion and will generally have some light puzzle solving that you need to get through in order to trigger the, you know, the action-y combat with them. Um, other than that, there are 50, you know, Mario Boo ghosts, the white ones, hidden around the, the mansion. You basically need to, like, you'll have a little light. Proximity um, detector. Yeah, thing. a proximity detector on the screen. Um, and you'll just like shake the cabinet and one will pop out and then you immediately shine your torch on it um, and then vacuum it up. These things tend to have a lot of health and they don't have like any puzzle solving attached with them. So I, like Patrick, found them to be much worse than the regular ghosts. And I don't think it would have been hard to catch all of them. I just didn't want to by the end of the game. They had, there was ones with like 300 health, which was taking me like, you know, like 12 attempts, you know, to get it down because they would escape the room and then you'd have to chase them. It just took so long and was kind of like at the point in the game where I, the action combat was a bit repetitive at that point. So Yeah, so I, I think that uh, for the most part, for all of my complaints, I think it's fine. Like, I, I think I think the action gameplay... I actually thought it was better in the boss fights, honestly. Like, you seem to think... You seem to have not been too high on that. But oh, specifically I thought... that one boss fight really yeah. irritated me um, because I just couldn't really get the timing down. And when I did eventually get them, it didn't feel like triumphant, like I've overcome a challenge. It just felt like I'd gotten good enough at, at <laughs> fighting the control scheme that I was able to get. So you overcame the challenge. Yeah, I, I guess. I but the other boss fights I thought were were fine, like were good. Like I didn't have a problem yeah, with those. I thought the last boss was good. The first one was a bit boring. Um, the rest were okay. I thought that the you know the combat kind of worked okay there. I guess the the only other part we didn't mention was the flashlight because mm. there's kind of this like tension between having the flashlight out, having it turned off, and having the vacuum cleaner out. Because ghosts, you need to 
like to suck them up, you need to shine the flashlight on them, but they won't really put themselves into a vulnerable position unless it's like completely dark sometimes. So, you know, I guess to me, like there was enough there. Um, yeah. So a lot of what you're doing is you're kind of waiting for the last moment to zap them with a flashlight because you need them to be close enough to you to immediately grab them with a vacuum cleaner. If you hit them with a flashlight from a distance, they're just going to disappear. So there's a bit of tension to to the timing of it, right? So there is there is a little bit going on here. And I, I just want to emphasize, I don't think it's like terrible. I just didn't really find it fun. And I feel like the boo capture bits the, the were- The boo things were actively yeah, it, unenjoyable. It, it, made, yeah. it made it clear how unenjoyable it was. The other The other bits were- fine like filler as you as you progress through the mansion okay so let's go to uh exploration now so uh luigi's mansion is of course about luigi in a mansion um and the mansion is very obviously resident evil one inspired right um mm. all the way down to the door opening animations where he uh tentatively grabs the handle and slowly opens it with this like creaking sound there's this bit of anticipation there um in general, I found the layout of the mansion a bit disappointing. It was very like linear. straightforward and linear. Yeah. So generally the like overarching gameplay loop of this game was you walk into a room, um, something funny is happening, like there'll be a puzzle you need to solve. Doing that makes the ghost vulnerable. Uh, you do a bit of combat against the ghost, you suck them up, and then the lights turn on in the room and a key drops. You pick up the key. Um, and then your map opens up immediately and tells you which door that key opens. So you always know where to go for starters. And generally, you'll never have like more than one key at a time. There'll basically only be one way you can go. So there isn't really a concept of exploration here because you know where to go. You know all the other doors are locked and the layout of the mansion is, you know, pretty typical you know there's like a wing this way with four doors down here and there's another hall this way um with maybe only one interesting foible to the exploration being near like halfway through the game where you go outside and come back in another door but it's not like super interesting or anything honestly i thought they could have done way more with this like had secret passages or trap doors or something like that to make it a bit more exciting it really is just a bunch of corridors and some doorways that you explore in a very linear fashion yeah i i was going to get into this more a bit later in aesthetics but basically the the mansion is purely aesthetic this isn't a mansion level design like you would see in resident evil like it's just not with the safe rooms and the different passageways and the way doors loop back and all the shortcuts there there are one or two shortcuts um but for the most part what it is is it's a linear progression of rooms you go from room to room to room and i have distinct memories of the rooms i do not have a distinct memory of how this map fits together holistically because you don't really need to know how it fits together holistically you're just moving from one room to the next um and i agree it is a little disappointing like from the perspective of you know James and I both really like our open-ended level design, but I will say it being linear isn't an intrinsically bad thing. Like, yeah, it's just that there is a suggestion of something more, particularly when you design your level as as a mansion with all these in interconnected rooms. But the reality of playing through this game is that it is a linear game, and I think that once you're okay with that, it, it can be an okay thing. I I just think that. They, as James said, they didn't really push the concept of mansion as a gameplay space nearly as far as they could. Yeah, and like to go along with that, like lack of exploration, you can like, there's not a lot of stuff to find outside of the booze and money, which the only impact it has is on the final cutscene at the very end of the game. Mm. Um which I thought was a cool touch at the end, but while you're playing the game, you have no use for this currency, and it's like the primary collectible, so um, you don't really feel like you're finding things in this game. You're just being led from ghost to ghost to ghost. So in terms of the like overarching structure, I was a bit disappointed. 
I do think that once you get to like a room to room basis, like once you're examining the individual rooms, things look up a little bit because I would say that every single room in this game is completely different, basically. Um, they look up a lot. I, I think I think it's worth uh, actually praising the design of the rooms because they yeah. are all visually distinct and in many ways they're gameplay distinct as well. And I remember those spaces. Like, I remember those rooms. They, they've all got, you know, unique features yes. to them, uh, both aesthetically and gameplay-wise. So the individual rooms in these games are fucking great the larger space that they exist in not so impressive not so much yeah. yeah i agree yeah so let's go into some maybe some examples of um some of the individual rooms that we liked so yeah one of the early examples um was in i think the mother's room there was like a woman doing her hair at the dresser and there was you know on the side of the wall there was some curtains covering a window and there's actually some kind of neat cloth physics in this game where you can suck up like a corner of the curtain and then move Luigi to the side to open the window. Uh, the open window, you know, wind gusts in and, you know, the mother doing her hair, you know, gets a bit frustrated and you have the fight, right? Um, it gives you a window because you can kind of see the outline of these ghosts a lot of the time. It's just yeah. you can't interact with them until you do critical puzzle thing. So... A lot of it's just waiting for that perfect timing when they react. Then you can hit them with a the flashlight. Then you can suck them in with your uh, with your vacuum cleaner and the fight begins. Um, another one, I guess, would be like there was a gym and there was a bodybuilder doing like weights. Like he was, uh, you know, had a big barbell and he was, you know, doing squats or something. And you could um, bump into the the there was a bunch of bags, like boxing bags hanging from the ceiling. You could bump them into him um, at certain angles and then, you know, eventually suck him. And if you're anything like me, James, you uh, knocked yourself out with the same punching bag that you tried to Multiple hit him with. Times, <laughs> yes. Heaps of times. <laughs> I forgot every time it was the most pathetic fight I've ever been part of. Definitely matches Luigi, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I think the thing with this is that a lot of these things that you have to do are pretty simple. Like uh, yes. you'll go to a room and there'll be like one thing you need to do. More complicated one, I guess, is the one where the guys, the fat guys, eating food. I think you have yep. to light the candles, then take the tablecloth off, then take the food off. But generally, you'll have a little bit of experimentation where you're walking around the room trying to figure it out. It'll be like, oh, there are some candles here. Let's try lighting them. Oh, let's try interacting with this next thing. Um, you might, over the course of the game, you get different elements. You get ice, water, and fire. Sometimes you need to use them to interact with the environment in specific ways. And it's never like a proper big puzzle where you have to crack your brain open to figure it out, but it's just enough. And it's always, it's always interacting with the ghost's personality or what they're doing in some, in some way. So it's got this, I guess, aesthetic narrative tied into what you're trying to solve. And I have to say, James, as simple as this part of the game is, this is my favorite part of the game. I feel like this is where yep. the game really comes into its strength and also ties into the whole, I guess, greater mythos behind ghosts where ghosts are meant to be existing in a certain place for a reason. Uh, and you get to kind of tap into that a little bit when you mess with, with their environment uh, in relation to what they're doing. It was fun, right? Like this is, I agree, this is the best part of the game is getting to the rooms with the space in between being not so great. Um, I There was so much variety here. Mm. Like every room was so different. Like it really did make up, like for me, it really made up for maybe the lackluster exploration in between. So I was always kind of like interested to get to the next one. So and it's not super easy to do that. It must have been like 50 plus rooms or something and to make them all wildly different and have something to do um, and something new to see. So, uh, you know, props where props is due. This was really well done. Yeah. And it, some of them are like, uh, like there's the one with all the instruments in the room and you get them yes. all started and they're all playing different bits of the Mario theme. Then you get asked a question by the composer. I won't spoil the question, but I fucking nailed it, James. All yeah, that time, too. all that time watching <laughs> Super Mario Maker videos paid off. Yeah, that was great. Um, so I did think the variety was something the game did really well. 
I do think that the game kind of lacked a bit of a like a carrot on a stick mechanic or something that made you want to explore other than you know simply the joy of the rooms themselves mm. there's I no real it's... upgrades over the course of the game right yeah like you do find three abilities but it's not like a large part of the experience i found that the exploration like the fact that money was useless there was like finding health wasn't exciting so it it, it kind of made me feel a bit flat about mm. the game from start to finish like i was can like i would describe my experience with this game as being one of like content like i was happy to keep playing like it wasn't getting super repetitive because of the rooms um but i wasn't like nothing made nothing specifically made me really excited whenever i found it like mm -hmm. i never um i never felt excited when i found money i never felt i was never excited to hunt for the optional collectibles because the booze were kind of uninteresting compared to the main ghosts i never found you know excitement finding anything other than the three elemental attacks um there was no you know managing my health or rush of relief when you found a safe room or a place to save the game finding health like it was kind of meaningless so that wasn't fun uh, it just it, it felt a bit flat like the it's it's the lack of the exploration element i think that really you know missed the mark on this one for me and it's one that i was expecting to be i guess this is a problem of expectation from me like it felt like half the game was missing basically in terms of excitement the game just doesn't have much substance to it right like and the thing is it's funny we have so many survival horror games out there set in spooky mansions that it's hard to not compare luigi's mansion which is set in a spooky mansion to it and i mean just off the top of my head what if your flashlight had limited battery life you know it lasted for five seconds and you could find batteries around the place and that was your rewards or you could get upgrades which extended the battery life very very simple thing it's a mechanic that's used in many games it just doesn't exist here um in general there's no resources to find in resident evil or silent hill or whatever you want to call it you have limited healing items you have limited ammo so on and so forth you have limited inventory space With resi 2 onwards you get inventory space upgrades none of that exists overall this game functions i guess you would say on a room by room basis that's the other thing this game doesn't have it doesn't really have multi-room puzzles the closest you get to that is having to get an element from a different room and bringing it to another room because sometimes the element that you need isn't present inside the room you're facing that but it's not like you find bits and pieces from different rooms that need to be used elsewhere i'm playing signalus at the moment which is like a retro throwback mash of resi and silent hill is pretty good game um and mm. it that's the whole structure of the game you're being forced all over the place and to bring the right item to the right place and you're having to move back and forth this game has none of that it's all very self-contained single room simple puzzles that you need to solve in order to progress so it, it can feel insubstantial particularly when the action side of the game isn't fantastic either um i mostly agree with you james i think i'm a little bit higher on this the smaller puzzles because i my expectations were maybe a bit lower for this but the they haven't pushed the setting anywhere near as far as they potentially could have this is a this is a very simple game and one other thing i guess i would point out is i felt like there was because obviously all of the people in this mansion are connected somehow like there's a family and their servants basically but there's nothing really to tie it together i felt like they could have tied it together more and made you more interested in each of the individual ghosts maybe because what the reason luigi's here is that mario is missing right there's this like element of mystery I feel like they could have really played that up and used the ghost characters as characters and formed maybe a more interesting mystery with them. Um, and then that would have kind of, you know, I would have been interested to find the next ghost, you know, but 
Like, uh, they, there's nothing more other than this is the dad and this is the baby. This problem, James, is that this is a Nintendo game, you know, PGG-friendly game. And the thing about ghost stories is that they, the by spooky. their very nature, they're dark, right? Like, yeah. why are ghosts there? Because they have unfinished business or something horrible happened to them and they're clinging on and they're haunting a place. They're hor- and often they have horrible, traumatic stories attached to them. And I agree with you. I think that even if the gameplay was simple, there was the potential to get people involved in the narrative here. But I think that Nintendo basically shied away from it because they didn't yeah. want to deal with a messy narrative. And maybe there is a way to do a ghost story that is G-rated, but I don't know how to do it and I don't know how to keep it compelling. So they've just kind of swept it under the rug and made it not really exist. I agree with you. It's, it's, a, it's a disappointing thing. You can just, once again, you can just imagine horrible things happening to all these people and the horrible really? links they all have I feel like you know you they've, have... they've got diary entries you know explaining stuff blood covering the walls uh, you know give me give not, me some that's of that that's not what i was imagining that's but... what i was imagining i, I want to see this i want to see the r-rated luigi's mansion i want to see blood coming down the elevator james give me some shining shit I'm half joking here, but I do think this is a problem when you do a G-rated take on ghosts. Like you just cannot go Get with around the sto- this issue. You can't. Yeah. You can't go anywhere interesting with the story. And I mean, Silent Hill Two is an extremely dark and traumatic game for a lot of reasons. But the game wouldn't have been as good if it wasn't willing to explore those themes. I guess that it's kind of integral to its identity. I don't know how you write a compelling narrative about ghosts without it being terrifying or at least m-rated on some level yeah i kind of agree so um do you want to go to a music break yeah let's do it so it was interesting i feel like there's a lot of dead space in this game i think the sound effects in this game are brilliant are really Mm. good um i think the actual music other than the main theme it's okay it's just there's not a lot of it um or at least there's a lot of individual tracks but most of them are like 10 seconds long and there's not a lot of substantial music in this game and you know again the nintendo g-rated issue comes in here there's a lot of silence in this game which in most horror or horror themed games i would expect there to be a lot of ambience like you know creepy rustling and that kind of thing in the background there is like lightning flashes and mice scurrying and squeaking and that kind of thing. And, you know, Luigi's teeth chattering. But the density of ambient noise is not as high as I normally would expect from this type of title, which, you know, again, makes sense with the younger target audience. The game doesn't want to be scary. Yeah. You know, which to me kind of means like, why are you filling the game with so much silence then? Just like put music in the game. It felt a bit weird at times, I guess, because of that. But maybe maybe this level, like this middle ground, does work for some of the younger audience. I, I think it does, actually. I think the game is basically, if you had to describe, like you'd say it's like charming. The game yeah. has a very charming aesthetic, you know? Um, yes. Which is weird for like a ghost field mansion. But it does, I think it does accomplish a charming take on on the theme. It's just, once again it's it's kind of a clash and it's uh, there's like this fundamental clash with our expectations here and i think that it's just aimed at a younger audience james and that's just hard a hard pill to swallow i mean it's not a very hard pill to swallow it is for me uh... all games should be aimed at me james all games (laughs) Jeez. well we're gonna go with the main theme as it's one of the songs that does have some substance to it i particularly enjoyed how half of it is kind of like hummed by luigi as he tries to like awkwardly reassure himself (laughs) yeah honestly i thought they did a really good job of the characterization of him here the way he like uh the way his walk like he very shuffles yeah he like shuffles very rapidly with lots of tiny steps because he's scared but also wants to go quickly um and he you know looks around nervously when you're not moving that kind of thing they did that really well and i think the main theme you can definitely hear that as you listen to it and he starts humming along to it. So this is the main theme of Luigi's Mansion. Mm-hmm. 
So I think we were heading towards aesthetics at this point. I actually think that in terms of this game holding up, um, it really does, actually. There are some really nice-looking shadows in a game this old. There are working mirrors in this game, and there are cloth physics in this game that are quite nice. Um, and I think the cartoony art style really does just hold up a lot better than something more realistic. So um, I actually found the game to look you know, quite nice for his age, honestly. Yeah, I think the game looks fantastic. Like, it looks really, really good. I mean, obviously, it's not quite on the level of Resi Remake with its uh, pre-rendered backgrounds, but outside of this, I think this is probably the best GameCube-looking GameCube title we've done, um, and I think it really holds up as well. Uh, as we said before, the mansion as an aesthetic place is just awesome. Like, a, yeah, every single room you go into is enjoyable to see and explore even if they're still fairly simple contained spaces it's just it's just great and i do think that in a general sense a mansion is kind of like a good aesthetic place to play have a video game because you yeah. get to have all of these naturally different environments that are side by side to one another so uh yep yeah, two thumbs up for how this game looks and like james said i think that the sound effects are really good as well uh, everything from Luigi getting spooked to uh, the flashlight and then the vacuum suck it all it all sounds and feels great on 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 a, on an aesthetic level. I actually really liked how when you're sucking the ghosts up the um when the numbers tick down there's like a sliding musical scale that plays as you do it and it kind of adds a bit of personality to that. I liked that a lot. I liked um mostly like when you're interacting with the rooms, the various sound effects, as we said, variety is a strong point of the game um, and the visuals really do deliver on that. I think that the framing of the camera angles and all of the rooms is very clean, very easy to see what's going on. Yeah, Luigi just, never gets lost, right? It's not like yeah. he's stuck behind an object. Like it's always extremely clear where he and all the enemies are at all times. Yeah, and of course, um, the most important part of gameplay that we've forgotten up until this point is the Mario button um, that you click and Ma and Luigi yells out, Mario, is, is there, there! Is there any gameplay purpose to that? No, it's just like what the interact button does when there's nothing to interact Ah, right, with. yeah, that makes yeah. more sense, yeah. <laughs> I thought there might have been some secret that you could activate by doing it, but... No, it's just a bit of make him look like a coward he... <laughs> <laughs> so brave um but yeah do you have any more notes james i'm kind of reaching the end it's a simple game so it is a very simple game it's i don't think there's like too many major flaws with this one that fall outside of like my expectations of it you know we can argue a bit about the controls but there aren't too many major design blunders i think um or missteps you know there's like if they had more time and fleshed it out more i would have enjoyed it more yes but there was not a lot of stuff outside of the booze that really mm, like i thought negatively of i guess mm. final impressions yeah let's go for it um i'll go first so luigi's mansion is a game that i feel slightly more positive than neutral on i'd say like i think the um the individual rooms are really good it controls well it sounds well it absolutely looks really good for its time 
I think that for me, what really brings the experience down though is the macro exploration. I think if they had fleshed this out more, I probably would have enjoyed the game a lot more. What's here is good and it's enjoyable and I was very content to play this game for a few hours after work every day um, and was just generally happy to be there. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of love went into this one. Um, it's not super exciting though, like I didn't love the, my time with it, I wouldn't go out of my way to play it again probably, but I was happy to play it for a few afternoons, so it's the kind of game that if you're really interested in it, yeah sure, I could recommend this one, um, but I wouldn't tell somebody ever to go out of their way for this game, it's just, you know, an enjoyable time, but you know, in today's age when we have so many brilliant games coming out every day, it's kind of hard to recommend this one over playing something truly excellent with your time. Yeah, so I'm mostly on the same page. Uh, it's funny, like, I think I am a little bit higher than you overall, James, because I think yes. that there is a lot to be said for the uniqueness of this game. I've yes. never played something quite like it before and i think that very importantly it's short runtime means that you're not stuck in a video game for ages i probably got through this game in about five hours like yep. how long to beat has it at double that but i blitzed through this game really quickly i was surprised it was over so soon actually and i think that because of its uniqueness it kind of is gets a pass on its simplicity that being said, I wouldn't say this is a game that anyone has to play. I wouldn't be like, you have to check out this Luigi's Mansion game. It's great. I would say that if you are a purveyor of the unique and the curious, Luigi's Mansion is worth checking out because it is a unique kind of puzzle game that uses a couple of interesting things together. But there's no real depth here. There's no not much meat on its bones. And outside of like a fun novel experience for you to play for a while, it's not particularly noteworthy. For some yeah. people, it, that uniqueness is enough to get it over the line. And I think it was for me. But for others, it, if this doesn't really sound like something that's up your alley, you should leave it alone because you're not going to get anything meaningful out of it. Yeah, it's very much like a theme park experience rather than like a, you know, mechanical one. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of the other Nintendo games we've played, like Super Mario World, for example, even if, you know, um, it may have been aimed at a younger audience, there's something to latch onto mechanically that I mm. can still get invested into. With this one, it's a bit harder because the mechanics are so simple. So you really come in here for that theme park experience room to room, and then you're not going to get too much out of it past that. But it, what is there is pretty decent. Yeah, as someone who's played and watched a lot of Super Mario Maker, the mechanics in Mario are extremely deep, and they have so much room for mastery, and the way they interact with one another is, is incredible. And although Super Mario World in and of itself doesn't push the limits of what's possible there's still a lot to be said about getting through that game like i died plenty of times trying to get through super mario world it's not like i blitzed through it with no problems whatsoever so yeah i i agree with you james i don't think that there's much mechanically to here to latch on to and mechanically what was here i just didn't really have heaps of fun with um even compared to you know resident evil or whatever trying to master those tank controls there just wasn't anything like that is interesting mm. so you know on the whole it's a decent game um but not one that's going to blow you away i think and no one that's going to inspire you this isn't the kind of game you play and you're like wow at any point <laughs> it does actually there is uh on the switch there is a luigi's mansion 3 it's up to at the moment so i you know i wouldn't mind checking it out because like conceptually i think the game's really cool um so, yeah um, absolutely i, was, I they, would be happy to watch some gameplay and then maybe check that one out so. if, if they if they like developed the gameplay deeper here then it would be a great game like the, the seeds are here for a good game right it's just that they didn't do much with it i think three's co-op actually from what i can tell oh amazing <laughs> put yes. it on the list it's probably too that's, new besides yeah. we wouldn't be doing anytime soon let's be honest yeah, we do sequels every 40 episodes or so yeah yeah it's time for system shock 2 right james is it is that the <laughs> next game uh unfortunately not but before we get into the next game we'd just like to say thank you to you all for being with us here tonight and listening 
Uh, we are the Retrospectors Podcast. My name is Patrick Arthur and my co-host is James Turlings. You can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It's got links to all of our episodes, all of our articles. It's got a link to our Discord server, and we would encourage you to join because our Discord server is where we do all of our interaction with our community, and we also take listener suggestions. So if there's a game that you would like us to review and discuss, we would love to hear from you. Um, and we also have a Buy Me a Coffee page, so if you'd like to monetarily support the show with a donation, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So with Luigi's Mansion wrapped up, James, the decision for what game to play has come back to me. And I'm going to take a leaf out of your book, James, and pick a game that no one has ever heard of before. Oh, exciting. So I did a lot of browsing. Every now and then I'll go on the Wild Wild Webs and I'll just look and look and look and look for old classic games, in particular PC games, because that's really my jam. And I found this game from 1996 called Bad Mojo. Bad Mojo appears, and I haven't really done much apart from look at you know skip through a youtube video but it appears to be a puzzle game where you play as a cockroach and it has this really filthy aesthetic to it and just off the top of my head like it's an interesting way to do a puzzle game where you're that restricted in terms of what you could do just moving around as a cockroach but i think that there's some potential for some really weird and creative puzzles here Wow, this does look kind of gnarly when I'm looking at the gameplay. You are just playing as like a photorealistic cockroach. Yeah, and the game was released in 1996. Oh. So the, the graph, the, like what this game looks like is incredible in some ways. So this game could be complete shit. I haven't looked up a review. I, I just looked up some YouTube videos and was like, yep, let's give this a go. But it could just be something special. So finger, fingers crossed it is, uh, it is, it is a special game, James. It, it's at least a unique one. God, so gross <laughs> And if there's a photorealistic spider in this game, I'm going to hate you. Holy shit, there might be. Yeah. I mean, Fuck. spiders do love cockroaches, so. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll Actually, find we out. Might, <laughs> we might need to scream that for you, James. <laughs> well, it's okay. You can, um, you can just play it first. <laughs> play it first. <laughs> yeah. I'll and then I'll, tr- I won't I'll tell just, you. Uh, yeah, I'll just trust your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, we will see you in three weeks for a review of Bad Mojo. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, guys. See you then. Bye.